0: Warhammer fantasy news, hobby, lore, and more. Welcome to the War Games Orchard with Nathan and GJ. It's all the news you can use. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. My name is Nathan. GJ is with me today. We're back in action two weeks in a row. Can you believe it? I certainly can't. And today, we're going to be talking about new releases that, if you squint hard enough, are definitely for Warhammer Fantasy in the old world. <laughs> so, before we get going here, GJ, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing good. Great to be
1: back recording with you. Um, it's uh, I like doing the solo episodes, like I said last time, but uh, there's just nothing above Talking an hour to uh, someone who is just as crazy as I am about this uh, playing with toy soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's uh, so so happy to have you back on the show. To have you back on your own show for, this, <laughs> for the second week running. Let's see uh, yeah. Yeah. if we can keep this up
0: for a little bit. I know, I know. I don't want to jinx it, but uh, no. you know what? <laughs> two weeks thats good, and we'll we'll see see where it all goes. I've got a, a lucky little not break in my schedule, but I, I've been doing work like crazy. So I'm fingers crossed ahead of the game a little bit here, and uh, I've got a couple days where where things are kind of light, and I'm just picking away at stuff. So I uh, am happy to be welcome back or welcome back <laughs> to my own show, <laughs> which is lovely. Uh, but we got so much news to talk about here, DJ. We should dive right into stuff. Yeah, let's and, do that. Yeah, you uh, before the show. Uh, I I knew about most of this stuff, but you turned me on to how some of these Age of Sigmar battle boxes that are coming out for the Christmas holidays are pretty good for Warhammer Fantasy players. Now, we don't have the price yet. I think last year they were about $200 American-ish, so they could be around that or they might be a little bit more. But uh, yeah, let's go through each of them and, and kind of just see how we might... Uh, co-opt them for for some sweet warhammer fantasy here. Now for anyone yeah. who is kind of following along at home, we were looking at the Sunday preview from this past Sunday, November the 20th. And uh we have I think 7, 1 2 it should be 7, yeah. 7, yeah. Uh, battle forces to go through and then there's a couple of new releases that are just perfect for fantasy as well that are kind of single character ones that we will hit on and some exciting goblins that i am kind of really excited about because uh well if you may have seen them they're goblin wolf riders and they look pretty darn good honestly but before we get into that let's get into these battle uh i want to call them battle forces so bad they are still battle forces, okay. they, are battle forces yeah. they are battle forces that's why i want to call them that all right. First up is your daughter's a cane. Uh, we got a... Uh, this is, of course, uh, witch elves for, for fantasy fans. So we got 10 witch elves. We got uh, five of the Doomfire Warlocks. We got a Cauldron of Blood. And then we have uh, five of the AOS Snake Ladies, <laughs> which I, I can't remember their names. And we have some of the... I think they're called Canary or Canari. Uh, heart renders, which are the dark elf witches with wings. They don't and... look like any canary that I've ever seen. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, this is not the kind of canary you want in your coal mine. This is uh, this is decidedly uh, a, a lot more violent, I think. But this is, this is alright. I mean, witch elves are always kind of the, they're almost like the premium dark elf models in terms of like expense. Um... But what you got here is pretty good for, for fantasy because, of course, you've got witches or you have the Sisters of Slaughter. Uh, you've got the Doomfire Warlocks or they can also make Dark, dark Riders. riders. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you've got your Cauldron of Blood or your uh, uh, Snake Throne. What, what is that called again?
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the Medusa. Um,
0: the, the Blood Rack Shrine? Blood, blood, blood Rack Shrine, Shrine. Shrine, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you put me on to this that the... Um, I mean, you use the harpies as harpies, and yeah. it would look really, really good as harpies. I have a bunch of the sixth-ed harpies, so uh, I'd probably go with those. But these ones are a little bit, a little bit more fancy, of course, and, and probably fit in better if you're going to go like a witch-heavy, like eighth-ed army uh, or kind of a, a themed list. What do you think we could do with those snakes? Can well, we could do something with them? I have been thinking about that one as
1: well because at some point I bought the start collecting box of these uh, uh, of these witches, and they also have the snakes, the Coventron. Uh, no, it's not the coventrone, it's the Vampire count one. The, the um the altar. What do we call oh, it yes, again? Yeah. track Shrine. And you have the uh, witch elves in there. I believe that's what makes up the set. And what you can do with those snake ladies is uh, at least what I'm going to do is I'm going to save them until the old world comes around and expect them to be part of that. And if they're not, they're just going uh, off uh, to to eBay or something like that.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, the secondary um, market's always a, a good answer for that kind of yeah. question, right? You're just like, well, I can sell them. I can recoup some of my money. Um yeah, but I, I have no idea how to use them as fantasy. You, uh, you could try something
1: like uh, Dark Riders. You, you could maybe pull that off.
0: Mm. Use um, them as like a like a nice proxy for a, a themed army. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe
1: you could also get away with putting them in a Cult of Slanesh army if you are going with the sixth edition uh, Storm of Chaos book.
0: Look at that. I do not hate that. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. You could probably get them, I, and I don't know what kind of bases they're on naturally. It probably looks like 40s or 50s uh, rounds. And uh, I, I think I, I, I on the, uh, the overall base. is pretty
1: easy. So, uh, yeah. And of course, with the... Um, uh, oh, I keep forgetting the name. The Bloodwreck Shrine, you also get the Medusa that you can have as a separate entity in 8th oh, edition. Okay. And you get the uh, Hag Queen. Um, what's her name again? You know that.
0: Yes. Uh, yes. um Yes, Hellbron, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, GJ, I just had a thought for the snake ladies. Now, this does uh, kind of rope you into buying an entirely other army as well. But think of it this way. Do you remember uh, Champions of Chaos, 5th edition, uh, Dichala, the the denied one, the oh, the chaos yeah. champion of Slanesh. She was the four armed snake lady, and now I'm thinking, okay, so you turn the blood rack Medusa into Dichala, use her as a chaos lord of Slanesh, and then you use the snake ladies as her like chosen retinue, or a retinue of maybe like I don't know, like chaos knights or something. Put them on those cab bases if you wanted. I think that. you could do yeah. a lot of fun stuff with that. Yeah. And then you have kind of a, a mixed chaos dark elf army to go along with them. I think that'd be really, really cool. Although you are signing yourself up for so much work just to use <laughs> these six models, but hey, you know, you, you gotta go you gotta go big, right? Right. All right. Let's uh let's talk of going about, big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about the next one, which is a little bit easier to, to put into your fantasy army. I, I think it's probably one of the easiest, and that is the Stampeding Ranch, uh, which is a gloom spike Gitz or uh, Orkin Goblin if you are old school. And uh, so this is a pretty decent set by the looks of it. You've got 10 Squig Hoppers. You've got uh, a Squig Herd with Herders, uh, 10 strong, plus I think two Goblin Herders. And then you have two Mangler Squigs. And you've got a Night Goblin Warlord on... Uh, big Gi- case giant Squig. squig. Giant One Squig, codes, is that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, this is just plug and play, really. You just change the bases and you're there. Yeah. All you need is a couple of extra Night Goblins to
1: uh, make your Squig herd legal because... Well, at least in sixth edition, you need at least one herder for every three squigs.
0: Oh yes, but yes, other yes.
1: than that, um, I'm I'm sure somebody has night goblins lying around.
0: And especially if you're an if you... goblins player and you yeah. don't have night goblins lying around, I don't know what to tell you. I think you might need to reevaluate your priorities. Quite frankly, right? your, your, your life Get choices. I would even say, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: And uh, the good part is, if you have some of those old metal blisters where you have three squigs and two goblins, then you're basically there. If you have two of those, because um, all you need is two extra goblins to make these ten squigs usable.
0: Right, right, yeah. So that that's that's a that's looking like a good set for for any orc and goblin player. Like I'm kind of half eyeing it right here now and and. Uh... <laughs> Kind of like, hmm, this yeah, is interesting.
1: I'm. Uh, I, I'm wanting to see what the price is going to be, and uh, yes, especially what the price is going to be, and if it's going to be sold with independent retailers because they usually manage some discount. At least here in the Netherlands, they do.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, the the ones around me, there's uh, a couple I think that just sell straight retail, and there's a couple I think that do ten percent. Which, I mean, isn't much, but it's most of the tax, at least, right? So, Well, we have at least 15% over here. Oh, okay, well. or well, maybe Texas <laughs> it's a better Ohio, deal. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm coming to the Netherlands to pick up my squiggle inch, then. That's, yeah. that's what I will do. Uh, that, that will definitely be worth <laughs> plane tickets. <just laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there. right? You've got to spend money to save money, right? That's, that's the old saying. Yeah,
1: yeah. so... Um, yeah, I, I'm eyeballing this one as well. I, I'm really curious to see what the uh, what it will cost and if it will be worth well, my while. I, I should have enough squigs and squig hoppers, but you can always use more. And mm-hmm. I have one mangler squig lying about. So even if I'm not getting this box, I'm pretty sure that somebody will sell off some things and there will be more mangler squigs available after Christmas uh, if you're looking for those. Because I, mm-hmm. I have heard you need at least two in every Eighth Edition army.
0: Um, oh, okay. So. I mean, I, I'd believe it uh, because I know you know they've they've got that huge damage potential. So yeah, and I think they were pretty cheap in Eighth Ed. But I, I didn't sure. play a lot of orcs and goblins in Eighth. I gotta say so, uh, and I've never owned a Mangler Squig, so I I really don't remember at this point. <laughs> All right. Yeah. How about the Legion of Grief? So this is the Night Haunt, the spooky ghosts, and we do have, I, I think, probably less here than, and certainly than the, the Squigglelunch, and maybe than the uh, the Witch Elf set. But there's still some good stuff here. There is the new fancy black coach. Beautiful. Who, model. I don't know yeah. if you're going to get on one of the older bases. To be honest, that would be my only concern because this the thing had a real like. Uh, glow up in terms of size and and uh, all the bits coming off the side and things. But I, um, I believe it was already
1: around an eighth edition, right? The set didn't they come on on the uh, chariot
0: base? The uh, the not this black coach. Even even in eighth ed, it was still the the classic like fifth ed one. This one came out I think around the second release of like second edition Age of Sigmar. Um, so that would be, it'd be one of the things that I, I would be a little bit concerned about, but I still think you'd probably get it on there. I, I would just say it's going to be bigger than a, a normal black coach of the era. Um, oh, I might be confused with the Coventron and, uh, Oh yeah. I think you would be thinking of that. Yeah. yeah. Cause the, the Covent throne yeah. was definitely around an eighth.
1: Um, Flipping through the uh, Aedid book real quick here. Yeah. So
0: so there's a lot here in terms of uh, Grim Grinning Ghosts. You got, um, and and now there's two two units of ten different kind of wraithy guys with with various swords and things. There is a bunch of the the Dread Scythe Herodans. They're actually I think some of my favorite models from the the Night Haunt line. They are kind of uh, banshee-esque ghosts with uh, little scythe hands. Uh, and then of course you get the the Mortark. This one is going to be a little bit more of a challenge I think to use in fantasy, but there's a lot of stuff here. Uh, I think you could use Lady Olinder who is the 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 leader of the Mortark as a kind of a cool uh, stand in for the Forge World uh, goal if you wanted to. She's about the same. Oh, that's size. a good one, yeah. And uh, you had a really good idea, GJ, in the pre-show where we were talking about using the, uh, the yeah the, the various races to build spirit hosts, which I think is a great idea.
1: You can do that indeed, and you can also, of course, use the rates straight up because you can at least in Eighth Edition have a unit of can rates. And I, I'm saying this from memory. I think the unit
0: can be three to twelve and can be led by a tomb banshee. That's wild. See, I only remember that from fourth edition. But I again, like I, I am my, I haven't gone back to my eighth ed books in a while. I think that's so cool. I, yeah, I, I believe that. in
1: in fourth edition they were units, and then yeah. in uh, fifth edition with the vampire counts and sixth edition as well, and maybe even. Si- no, I, I think in 7th they came back as a unit, but but then they were just, uh, raids were just characters. Mm-hmm. And then you, um, I think in sev- from 7th onward they came back as, as units that could be led by a Banshee. Oh, okay. All right. But I'm not sure about this one. Don't quote me on this. <laughs>
0: we're definitely quoting you on that one. Yeah. Uh but yeah, you can you can do some fun stuff with this for sure. Like have your have Wraith units like you big you make, make something that's really characterful and fun. Yeah. In terms of like specialized army lists and stuff, there's there's some cool stuff. Yeah, and you
1: could even if you want to just say that these Raids with the swords, um you can use them as skeletons or grave guards if you want to. Mm-hmm. If if you just want to have a mm-hmm. a more ghost themed vampire counts army. I see it. I, I don't see any reason why they would not be able to be proxied in for that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm always for proxies. As long as they they look good, <laughs> that's about yeah, it, the, right? The like that's the all I yeah. that's all I really care about. Like if you wanted to make a vampire counts army and have it be all night haunt models, I I would have no problem with that as long as it was like, oh okay, like I get that these like these basic ghosts are basic skeletons, but these fancy ghosts are fancy ghosts. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd I'd even
1: accept it if you put an orc and goblin army painted up as night as as uh, night haunt as uh, vampire counts if you if you say that this is uh, some uh, weird wacky vampire that accidentally bit an orc and the orc then became a vampire
0: absolutely i i i love the idea of like the vampire you know the vampire bites the orc the orc bites the vampire back, you know, tears his head off or something. The orc becomes <laughs> a vampire, and then you've got, uh, like, a little undead kingdom of orcs and goblins. I think that would be so cool. And uh, it's it's certainly lore-friendly because yeah. uh, dust goblins were always they uh since 6th Ed. They, you know, I, I would love that. And, and we need to see orcs painted in kind of like a gray-green, right? Like, kind of that pale. Yeah, you can you know, do like it. Or a little bit more orcs like orcs or,
1: the... Uh, um, what was the, the sand color, the yellow end of the spectrum, mm, like beige. Yeah. Yeah. So that so looks st- really good. Start, start off with a, with a pale green base coat and then work your way up to, uh, like, uh, the, um, Commando khaki and and, 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 Pellet Flash and stuff like that. Ooh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. W- whatever
1: Absolutely. the, the new fancy names are new <laughs> since. Oh, I, I can't keep Dino, up with
0: the new names for man. I still think of like snot green and stuff. My my brain oh, is yeah. totally locked in uh, as far as GW paints go and blood red and stuff. All right. Uh, so we, then we have the cruel boys swamp lurkers. So these are the latest fantasy orcs and goblins, or I should say, orc release, I suppose. And uh, they this one's a pretty easy one too to to kind of find your way to fantasy we have uh 10 of the new kind of cruel boy um infantry and i really like these guys i have to say i love their uh their shields with like the angry like sort of sun face on them um they're they are a real throwback to to some third ed models so i've, I've always got a bit of a soft spot for the cruel boys as far as aesthetics go uh you also get a uh crazy shaman on giant vulture who also I think looks really good. You get three of the uh orc crossbowmen which I, I think are called called bolt spitters, maybe. And you get a uh and I'm sorry, I, I cannot remember what this thing is called, but it is a basically a big swampy beast, big swamp beast with an orc riding on top of it. It is a and,
1: snatcher boss on a sludge raker, according to okay. the description just below the picture.
0: Oh, wonderful! There we go. Look at that. GJ can read, so he's got a real advantage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I see it right there.
1: Well, they, they, they don't put all the names for all the miniatures that are in the box. They just pick out a few and they say, "Yeah, uh, yeah, 15 miniatures, inc- including a killer boss on corpse ripper vulture and the sludge raker, and the rest they just group in with food sloggers." And there's a footnote over there. Let's see where that leads. Uh, well, more pictures loading <laughs> the Night Nighthaunt, Orc, Warclans and Stormcast Eternal Battle Force as well as the Luminate Realm Skinari and Lightner have been delayed in Australia and New Zealand, oh so if you're in Australia and New Zealand you have to wait a little bit
0: oh interesting
1: and All the right, uh, for, uh, Luminate Sorcerer thingy that we are going to discuss in a little bit is also delayed in Japan oh huh.
0: Well, those uh, supply chain (laughs)
1: issues—they they'll get you in the end. Usually, they uh, when they when they put in a footnote, it's something funny. But uh, yeah, 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 I was was expecting some useful information. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a bit disappointing. So about the only thing here that's that's kind of maybe tough to use. So you you do have the um, the giant. monster thing in the background which you basically just said hey use it as a giant and I think that's a great idea uh, the the vulture uh, makes a great wyvern for sure uh, the orcs are orcs so you can always use orcs uh, the crossbowmen are a tough one
1: yeah uh, I don't know how big they are but they might stand in for bolt throwers if you were to uh, Ooh, yeah. be so inclined spear chuck us
0: Yeah, what I might do if I was doing that is maybe multi-base them, like put them all on like a 40 or uh, what is a 40 or 50, whatever artillery ended up as and uh, kind of say like these three guys put together, they are they are my bolt thrower kind of thing, because I I think they'd be a little small on their own. But I think together you could make a you could convince me that like they together have the same effect as a bolt thrower.
1: But yeah, or just put them on a on a forty or fifty mil base, uh, one of them each, and then toss in a few of the spare goblins you have lying around because Ooh, yeah. everybody has spare goblins lying around as well. Let's see if I can find that real quick. What base size they are?
0: You you maybe go on to the uh, Skaven battle host and I'll, uh, look up how big they are. So the Skaven one is known as the Verminous Host. It is the biggest by far in terms of sheer miniatures. And it's 85. And it looks like you're getting 40 clan rats, 40 plague monks, a Screaming Bell, a warlock with Doom doom Rocket, uh, so the warlock that came out around the end times, and three Storm Fiends. So this one is just fantasy. This is all stuff, if you're played 8th edition, if you use end times rules you could just use this. All you'd need is a bunch of bases. But even if you don't play End Times, uh, the Storm Fiends can just be slightly oversized Rat Ogres, and you're there. So everything in here is immediately usable for Warhammer Fantasy. So if you are in the mood for some Skaven, this is probably a great set to pick up in terms of, like, it's just mostly core usable core units, because you're always going to need Clan Rats, and You should probably always take plague monks. I love plague monks, so even if I'm not doing like a clan pestilence theme, I still want some in there. Uh, Even if you're playing Aethed and you're playing Horde Hammer, you got two hordes right off the bat. Uh, The Screaming Bell is just fun and and always a a joy to see on the battlefield. It's a great centerpiece model. Uh, And that one also
1: builds the uh, plague furnace. Yes,
0: yeah. So if you actually, this is a really good clan pestilence start too. If you if you wanted to go for something a little bit more pestilence themed. Uh, and I think alongside all of this, you'll also get a plague priest model from the Screaming Bell uh, if you don't build the plague furnace. Yep. So, like, if I, I think this is just the easiest one, right? You just you need some square bases, but other than that, you're that's there. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's great. Uh, so depending on price, like if you're looking to pick up Skaven, that's that's a great. That's set. a good
1: start. A very good start. Yeah. Yeah. I, I looked up the, um, the bolt row orcs. They come on 32 mil bases. And they are, uh, well, at least one of them seems to be, seems to have his feet spread out in such a way that he's just uh, covering the base from uh, from one end to the other. So, oh, okay. so if you put these boys. on 40 mil, and, and and especially those crossbows, those are uh, even bigger in comparison to the orcs. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would accept it if you say one of these is a bolt thrower and you put uh, maybe one or two goblins with it as well. Yeah, some little helper goblins. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. Then you got three bolt throwers. So again, value, right? You're getting value there. Yeah. Uh, We're going to skip by the Thunderstrike Spearhead because it's all Stormcast and there is really nothing to be done with them in terms of uh, making fantasy models. Um, So the last one here is also a useful one if you are a wood elf player, and that's the Revenant Wargrove. So, this is all forest spirits, but you're getting uh two tremen, you're getting 20 dryads, you're getting 10, maybe not 20 dryads, sorry, four, uh, six, 16, 18 maybe, dryads, two, four, six, eight. 10, 12, 14, 16. Six, no, you're 16, right, TJ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> counting is hard. Uh, so you're getting 16 Dryads. Uh, you're getting 10 uh, of the Revenants, I believe, and uh, Dracha in her, like, super woods battle armor form is the best way I can put that. Um, this is kind of a neat set for, for Wood Elf players because basically what you have is uh, if you use Drycha as a tree lord, and she, or a tree man, and she's, she's not much smaller than them, so you're, you're golden to do that. Uh, you've got three tree men, you've got a decent unit of dryads, and we were looking at the Revenants, and they're, they're kind of neat. They're, they're the tree spirits that are, I think, like the angrier tree spirits, so they don't have, much like the dryads, they, they just have, like, nasty claw weapons. So we were thinking about tree kin for them. Uh, Because Treekin models, let's face it, probably not Games Workshop's best work in in terms of 6th edition. I don't mind them by any means, but I I also think that, you know, they're just okay. Yeah, well,
1: you can basically make your own Treekin with just grabbing some branches out of the forest. (laughs) That's uh, true, yeah. They they really do look just like that, and... um I think it fit in with the aesthetic in sixth edition, but uh for later editions nah it, mm-hmm. it d- doesn't work if you if you want to go with the uh, well even if you if you compare them to the plastic dryads they uh, the dryads have held up rather well and those streak in not so much
0: mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The dryads, I think all, uh, are a are good sculpt. They've got some neat details in them. I like how they've got like the little sprites and things and, uh, on their sprue, they had little decorations for their bases and stuff. Like they're a great kit and I know they're, they're old as dirt at this point, but I, I still think they hold up just fine. But those revenants, I I think, yeah, will make for some more interesting tree kin than, than what you might have lying around or god forbid trying to find them on the secondary market just just get some of these instead and and uh call them put them on 40 mil bases and call them Treakin, because uh they'll they'll probably do just as well for you and they're they're really not small models either i think they're also on 32s and they fill up that whole base so putting them on 40s isn't going to be a stretch
1: they are. I have them here. Drum roll, please.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah, 32 indeed. 32s. Okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think that gets us through all of the Boxes. battle forces there. Yeah. yeah, so keep an eye on those. We still don't have prices yet, but I, I think probably in and around the 200 USD. Uh, So like 230, 240 Canadian. And different elsewhere <laughs> I I, the games workshops pricing is so wild that i'm i'm just like okay it's it's gonna be what it is but i assume in australia it's it's like your firstborn um yeah I mean, and you, know, you even have an to wait
1: uh, maybe nine months for it yeah. so i think that's a, that's an accurate comparison
0: yeah all right so we got a couple characters here a few yes. characters before we get off of this and um uh, so the first is the cursling. So the cursling is a fun character. I think came into being for seventh edition fantasy. I think so, yeah. And I believe in Age of Sigmar, the curslings are like it's not just one special character anymore. It's it's like a type of of warrior sorcerer thing. Uh, so not, I, I don't think they're special characters anymore. But honestly, like this new model looks every bit the the warhammer fantasy one whenever the old world if the old world comes out i'm sure that this is the model they're going to use i don't know if the Kersling was around in that era but if if he was this will be the model you'll see it looks very much like the classic model but it's a little bit more dynamic there's a little bit more movement to it and i think they changed his sword a fair bit If, I, if I, i'm going by memory here Look that
1: uh, that might be. I've got a comparison here, but one is edge on, and the other one isn't. I I'm not quite sure if, about sword. Okay, they they have changed um the uh uh the the, well, the the lesser of the conjoined twins uh quite a bit. It it looks different. It's, it comes out more of the uh, of the neck and less out of the side. And it also appears to not be holding that flail-like weapon anymore that it had.
0: Yes, yes, I'm just looking at the old model here, and uh, oh my god, that shoulder spike! <laughs> yeah, the
1: shoulder spike is, is completely gone. Uh, the, shoulder, sort of god my arm, the shoulder, thank uh, God, the shoulder spike uh, is gone. Spike by a horn.
0: The shoulder spike was the size of his torso, and that was a man. He was a big dude. I, 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 uh, I totally. Uh, totally forgot about that giant shoulder spike so i i think i like this new cursling a little bit better than i like the old one uh not that it was a terrible model or anything but uh this this one's got a little bit more sense to it i think um and uh, i think the feathers are because it, it, you see it on both models but it's definitely more pronounced on the newer model
1: yeah but it might also be because the uh head is smaller the head and the torso are smaller yeah yeah by comparison. Uh, Looking at the Cursling story real quickly, as it is in the 7th edition Wars of Chaos book, I don't see a specific date or timestamp here. So I think they can get away with
0: putting him in the old world timeline. Ooh, that's lucky. That is lucky, GW. Not dating your stuff. Hmm.
1: They did a a bit more things, especially those characters that um were not already described in the lore by sixth edition as in a specific time frame like uh, uh Grom the Paunch and um what's his name? Gorbert Ironclaw, Azek the Slaughterer. Mm. They they all had dates assigned to them. But then those newer characters that showed up, uh like uh well Torox, which I did the in in a monitor episode, mm-hmm. um he he doesn't have a, a date assigned to him. So you can Basically, get away with putting him in in any army, uh, not like Gorth or the Beast Lord, who was only around, uh, who lived around the year one thousand in the Imperial calendar, uh, one thousand or eleven hundred or something like that. So um, you'd be a little bit more limited in in playing it if you wanted to stick closely to the timeline. Uh, but there's no reason you should, because GW themselves don't stick closely to their own timelines. <laughs>
0: That's very, very true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so he's uh, he's looking pretty good. He is looking pretty good. And uh, we also have a character uh, for the Lumineth, who I assume is a, a mage. Uh, I believe she's called the Cenari Enlightener. And uh, so for the Elf fans out there, this might be a nice way to pick up a sorceress she's she's one that I think we're both kind of just like eh on, yeah, uh, but there's nothing here that is overly like luminous. She doesn't have like the big like bull hat or or you know, like some of the the weirder stuff that that they carry around. so she'd be one that I think if you just painted her to look like a high elf, she would very much like you you wouldn't flinch to see her in an army. Uh, she does she is doing that Lumineth thing where they're all standing on rocks that are sort of floating and they're like she's got this tippy toe thing uh which is a little bizarre but otherwise I mean she's she looks all right yeah the model is decent i'm I'm uh like
1: I said before the, uh, we started the show um I, it might be the paint job that throws me off but now that I look at it again, I think. If you look at the top of the staff, uh, it, it's got this uh, crescent moon shape, mm-hmm. but it is elongated, uh, so it looks more like a, like a staple even. And uh, if you look at the uh, the headdress and the, the bottom of the staff and the hilt of the sword poking up over the shoulder, um, those all have the more classic crescent moon shape that you would expect for the... Um, uh, the sign of of uh, of Hoed, uh, wh- mm-hmm. what she called the uh, uh, the High Elf, um, the High Elf Goddess of uh, Magic, that is uh, very prominent with the uh, with the Sword Masters and the uh, Sorcerers uh, throughout the High Elf range. But this elongated crescent moon on top of the staff that resembles more those bull horns from the Luminate range. So I think that might be the only thing, the top of the staff. If you if you look at that, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's even supposed to be shaped like a stylized bull's head with those two little things poking out to the sides. Um, oh,
0: yeah. I m- don't, think, he, might be I don't ears. think you're wrong there. Yeah.
1: So maybe if you, if you replace the top of the staff, mm. I think that would go a long way, at least for me, to um to make this model more acceptable for fantasy but yeah i
0: think you can also keep it as is and uh, honestly yeah as, like if yeah. if i were to get this or to be gifted this i would just give it a different paint job because i i think i think the, the yeah like you're you're right that it is i think a bull's like a kind of a stylized bull's head in a way there but i think if you paint it to emphasize kind of the crescent aspect of it you know like give give the crescent the same the same color for for all of the details and stuff, it's get, people are just going to see it and be like, oh, it's, yeah, it's Crescent, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that might be a, a solution if you're looking for a high elf mage uh, in the next little while in a hurry, um, and and fancy something with a little bit of a newer design to it. And um, so we're we're almost through. We just have a couple of. Or sorry, it's just one more, isn't it? It's our beast lord. No, there's two. There's the beast there's lord you. and the uh, wolf riders. Oh, of course! Oh my god, I mentioned the wolf riders and then I forgot the yeah. wolf riders.
1: <laughs> we have the, the beast lore right. that was released at the at the uh, preview last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, he's holding two axes. One of them is uh, he's holding up. And well, I think this is a decent miniature that you can straight away use in a Warhammer Fantasy army. I have seen some people on Facebook make the comparison between this model and uh, Volton with the two hammers. Who oh, has a, a very similar, similar pose? Um, yeah. It's just that the uh, the other arm is pointing up, and Volton is of course standing with one foot on a slain beastman, and this beastman champion or hero or lord has got a human head hanging by the hair from his belt. And that one has been painted uh, with blonde hair by GW, mm. so uh, it's got long hair, long blonde hair. So there might be a little uh, wink to Volton, but I'm
0: not sure if that's intentional or not. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's enough there that makes me pause because as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, oh man, yeah, that pose is is classic Volton. But I could also see, like, you know, how many poses can you give a hero, right? Like, yes, you know, there's there's so many in line. I do. I do like it. I am. I'm hoping that it was done intentionally because it's pretty funny if it was. Uh, this is a model that I kind of have a lot of time for. I think it's I think it's pretty good. Um I like, I like the beastman's armpit hair. Is so, uh, <laughs> it's just so so. It, wild. it is rather
1: pronounced, yeah. It is rather pronounced, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I, I actually, I like what they did with. I, I often don't like Games Workshop paint schemes, but I actually like what they did here. This kind one of is good, yeah. Giving him, yeah, giving him those like interesting tones to both his skin, but also to his hair, uh, or his fur, I should say. Um, so he he does look very like chaotic and weird in in form. Um, he looks like he's going to be a big boy too, because I'm I'm willing to to bet good money that's a forty mil base that he's on. Ooh, what a so be?
1: So I think, I, I think so. it's
0: too thick for a forty mil base. I think it might be thirty two again. Do you think so? I I feel like that would make him smaller than I want him to be. But maybe maybe yeah. yeah I guess but you we'll, we'll you, see, you can but... you can get away with him either way. Yeah. So, but like this guy is like you can put him on a twenty five and just pop him straight into your beastman army. There's nothing here that's Overly Sigmar about them. So no, this is a. It's a really nice trend that we've we've started to get in terms of models, and I, I think it really started in earnest with the uh, the the Soulblight stuff for Age of Sigmar, where they they started making things that are just like, yeah, you can just drop this into Warhammer Fantasy, and it yeah. and it's great. So, um, I guess if you're if you're looking for <laughs> like, like I always am looking for previews of of what Warhammer: The Old World is going to look like. Maybe I should be paying more attention to what's coming out for uh, Age of Sigmar lately.
1: Yeah, and and speaking of that, uh, how about those Wolf Riders? Then,
0: oh, how about those Wolf Riders? I I am a fan of these Wolf Riders. I think um, I think it's I think it's done a good job. Like sometimes Games Workshop does really nice kind of wolf-ish things and then sometimes it doesn't. I really like these wolves. I really like these goblins too. I think yeah. they're they're really good. They're a little reminiscent of the Hobgobla Khan and his uh, or Hobgobble Khan and his uh his mercenary wolf riders from from back in the day. And I think that's definitely intentional. Uh, yeah but, so they, but
1: the uh, regular goblins uh that you got in sixth edition, those also had those Sort of Mongolian style, uh, three helmets, did, didn't they? And yeah, wicker shields, and uh, I, I think they they stuck to the team really well. And uh, these are these will definitely fit in straight with just a regular Warhammer fantasy army. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I'm a little bit on the fence about is those leather flaps on the wolves, they, they don't really seem to do much in. in terms of armor and the, on the other hand those spikes on there are also not m- big enough to be uh, used as a sort of weapon besides that i don't th- think wolves would naturally use their rump as a weapon They they more <laughs> use their claws and and bite stuff so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure about those uh, those things but uh
0: yeah, they do look purely decorative to me. Um, I can I, I think probably this was a case of them just wanting to add something to the wolves other than kind of the classic you know naked wolf that yeah. we've, we've had in the past. I don't hate them, but like I could take or leave them, so I, I do understand the criticism there. What do you think of the wicker banner? I think that's kind of oh, I love different in me, yeah. right? Like I'm, yeah. I'm kind and of I, and okay I think that. that's also
1: a nice throwback to the Wicker Shields the goblins had mm-hmm. back in the day. So, uh, yeah, that was one yeah. of the things that I wanted to remark on as well.
0: Yeah. These, honestly, I think are my favorite thing that I have seen in quite some time from Games Workshop. And and mostly because I am an orcs and goblins player and I love my orcs and goblins and I love goblin wolf, br- wolf riders. But just seeing seeing a move back to that more classic fantasy design and seeing like, okay, like, you know, there's a little bit of hope here for uh, for the old world giving us some really nice miniatures. The only thing that I'm a
1: little bit afraid of is that the wolf and the goblin are going to be a single piece. So Ooh. just like you have the 8th edition Illyrian reverse, where you have the yeah. left half of the goblin stuck onto the left half of the wolf, and then you click it onto the right half and that's just a uh, really 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 lousy way to do a miniature because it makes it painting it uh, mm-hmm. practically impossible in some places
0: yeah with, with I, games workshops move towards you know the very monopose, the very everything's built in yeah i wouldn't hold my breath about that because I, I i could see that what i'm hoping is at the very least if if the the goblins are somewhat built into the wolves that it's only maybe like the the upper half of the goblin right like or sorry the the lower half of the goblin like where where they're kind of kneeling on the, the wolf I don't know though I guess we'll see when we get the sprues but yeah I could see that being a real problem uh because they do love to do that so that'll that'll be something to watch out for
1: yeah indeed yeah all so, right.
0: was that it for news I guess so I think that is yeah. yeah so what a what a crazy news day I guess or news week for, for us I, I was not expecting this we are um, we've, we've gone through quite a bit here so what um, what say you we move on to a little bit of hobby yeah let's do that oh,
1: everybody needs a hobby a hobby supposed to pass the time
0: not sure. I did absolutely nothing and it was
1: everything that I thought it could be. Yeah, what what have you been up to? Apart from
0: <laughs> work. Oh <and> boy. School. <laughs> yeah. I, I I should have mentioned beforehand that I'm gonna really need you to carry this segment for me. <laughs> oh don't worry. <laughs> so uh something that I've done though is uh I, I've been doing a little bit of inventory lately, because I don't really I don't really have time to get into any big projects or even little projects uh but every now and then I have to kind of remind myself of what I have (laughs) which is I'm I'm sure is a problem everyone has I'm sure it's not just a symptom of me having way too much Warhammer but uh so last night I was I was going through some old uh chaos space Marines and being like oh like what what do I have here uh the, the new world eaters are coming out for uh Warhammer 40k and I realized that I have like closing in on 30 odd old corn berserkers so i was just like oh okay like maybe someday i can do something with that but yeah most of my hobby has been mostly inventory management which is the least interesting thing that anyone has ever said on this show uh so (laughs) (laughs) with with that uh i'm going to to pass it to you i think uh that's
1: can be fun just to, to sit between your boxes of miniatures like Scrooge McDuck.
0: It is a little bit, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I have an I, Excel I mean, file I, for that.
1: By the way, I, I just uh, <laughs> whenever I uh, I get some new miniatures, I uh, put them in my Excel file with a uh, um, a little tag for which army they are from and and how many models or parts. And then of course the name and the options uh, like uh, uh, ten uh, next cell savage orc boys next cell full command spears something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then I uh, I envy your organization, GJ. Like so I, I, just brought them all out last night, and I was like, I, I, arranged everything, and I looked at everything, and I didn't write down everything. I was just like, oh, that's neat, cool. I've got this much stuff, <laughs> and then by next month, I'll be like, how many Chaos Space Marines do I have again? <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can just listen back to this episode. Oh, that's true. Yeah, this will be yeah. my living, my living inventory. That'll the listeners will you- love that. Every, every week, I'll just be like, so I have. Uh, Eighty-three night goblins, <laughs> listeners. Please remember that for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Have you uh, have you been doing some painting? And in- yeah, I have. I have been
1: working on the uh, beastman that I'm going to do for the Call of the Crown challenge. Um, I think last time I said I had some uh, 3D printed razor gauze. Uh, I must have misspoken because they are not 3D printed. They are from uh, Mia's miniatures um they do a uh, they have a game uh what's it called darklands i believe I, i don't know how the game works i do know they have some some nice monsters and beasties that can be used in warhammer fantasy Yeah, so I've been uh, painting up those uh, razor gores. I made the chariots, which came out, uh, well, if you look at them too closely, you can see they have been cast with milliput, and they are a little bit wonky, and and the details are a bit off at places, but I just uh, undercoated them black, dry-bushed them with different shades of brown, and uh, did some details with uh, mostly contrast paints, I also made the uh, Beastman Hero with the kangaroo legs and the little Nurglings coming out. I'm rather pleased with that one as well. And I... Let's see, what else did I do? Uh, I made another zombie pirate for the uh, November paint challenge, uh, for the Orchard paint challenge. And... Yeah, that's it, basically. And then, of course, the crew for the chariots. So... uh, I have them all painted. I should then uh, do the bases. I still have some time left this month, so I'm going to do another chaos spawn. I have a uh, Skilla. I believe it's a newer one. Um, Skilla miniature that I uh, that has been painted to a pretty decent standard. I just want to do some touch-ups here and there to basically make it my own. Um, At one point in my life, I had decided that every miniature I get, no matter how well it is painted, I'm just going to repaint. But then I realized that I will probably have more miniatures than uh, days left. Well, at least let's hope it's not that, but uh, I will have more miniatures than I can paint during my lifetime. So I should not be picky. And if something is painted to a decent standard, there's no reason for me to strip it. Although I do want to at least add something to the miniature that it is that I can call it my own as well. So um with this one I, I certainly can. There are some things that needs to be that need to be touched up. Maybe something I'll I'll give a little bit of different color or maybe a bit more contrast or an ink wash. So yeah that's what I've been up to uh, just this past week with uh painting. I also managed to get in. I believe since last time we talked, two games of of War. Uh, one against um, Cameron in the US. He has, uh, he played with orcs, and I played with dwarfs, and I lost miserably against them. And then another game against Joshua where Joshua played with dwarves and I played with Skaven. And this one I won with even a bigger difference in battle honors than the last time. Uh, we had decided that this is for a three-game campaign. We had decided that the, uh, the first scenario was to capture the treasure and I caught the treasure. Captured the treasure? Obtained the treasure. And... Now we played a treasure fleet scenario where it's basically just a sort of breakthrough. I have to make it off of the edge of the board, the opponent's edge of the board with my treasure. And, um, Josh had to stop me and with the help of some Skaven magic and mostly with the help of the screaming bell ship that rolled, uh, five, two turns in a row. And a five is that everything within range within hearing range loses a crew counter, And if your ships have no crew counters left, they are abandoned. So what happened was, um, the Nautilus, the dwarf submarine, they only have one crew. It got abandoned. Uh, Joshua recruited with a crew from one of his uh, dreadnoughts, one of the big warships. And then, in the next turn, the, the crew died again and also one of the crew from the dreadnought. So basically I got two for one on that. Um, yeah, at the end, um, almost all of the ships were abandoned and none of mine were were lost uh, or even barely damaged. So um, I'm starting to think that dwarves in Man of War are just not as good as they could have been. Uh, but it might also be just some unlucky dice rolls uh, on uh, the dwarf player part. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, anyway, Man of War, great game. I still am looking to get that. And um, hopefully one day I can find a decent collection that I can buy. And uh, that won't cost me uh, any of my kidneys or or my children.
0: (laughs) I mean, you you keep chasing that dream for sure. I love the man of war stories because it's always, and then this ridiculous thing happened, right? Like it's always, there's always something. Um, I love the idea of just the, the bells, like they got too close to the Skaven ship and then the bells like sent all of the dwarfs overboard. Um, so that's, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I, I really, uh, I really like, what you've got going there with the uh, the the chariot with the milliput, I think that's that's a really good way to do it, and especially like no one's ever going to notice that, right? So, no. And uh, the other thing about playing or painting, uh, you know, when you get something that's that's decently painted and having that need to repaint it, I I have been there, I am still there, right? You get something and you're just like, ah, oh, it's you know, it's not bad, but yeah, I'm definitely going to repaint it. And then you're just like, why am I making so much extra work for myself? Yes. (laughs) Uh, That Morglum neck snapper that you sent me, he is not getting repainted. He is wonderful. And I love, like, the banner work on him was fantastic. Like, he is... I
1: wish I could take credit for that, but uh, I got him that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I understand why you didn't repaint him either. (laughs) So... He is uh he's going to be leading my uh fourth and fifth ed orcs and goblins uh for the foreseeable future I think. So I do have a uh a shaman on uh or not a shaman. Uh yeah, yeah, sorry, the the old Azag model that I've got to oh, finish yeah. painting at some point that that would be like my my big general for really big games, but uh yeah, yeah, that's all stuff for for when I have time. I don't know when that time mm-hmm. will be, but eventually eventually I will do hobby things again I I have so much on my on my hobby plate for whenever I I do get it though I am trying to make a, a list of what I want to do and how I want to do it because I have a buddy in my program at school who is so hardcore right now into the whole 40k world because of Tide, and I promised him I was like hey, you know what if you want to learn how to play I'll, I'll show you how to play. I'm probably going to show him, you know, one of the editions that I like, uh, and, and I'll probably show him the new edition too, so he can make up his own mind. Because I, I don't want to, I don't want you know, uh, turn him uh, against something that I, I don't know whether or not he's going to like. So he, he's he may enjoy like the the new school 40k. So I'll, I'll probably show him both of those things. But so I'm I'm trying to put together just like little teeny tiny forces. Uh, for, for kind of the, the modern 40 K because of that, as well as like to have some to play with one page rules and that kind of thing. And I, you know, I still enjoy the, the 40 K settings. So there's that, there's all of my ongoing fantasy projects. There's, uh, my father-in-law wants to do, uh, grimdark future which is the 40k one page rules but with 12 millimeter models that he has 3d printed so i'm gonna absolutely end up painting my models and his models for that and it's just it's so ridiculous because it's like i have no time for anything but somehow i have this huge list of like must do hobby projects now <laughs> so we'll we'll see how it goes but yeah uh, i, I I think you need to invest in some
1: contrast paints or those... Uh, yeah, well, I got those speed paints. I got yeah. those
0: speed paints, and I'm hoping that's going to speed up my workflow significantly. My, my issue is that like I'll do something with the speed paints, and I'll look at it, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, like I get this, but now I want to go over and like highlight this, and I want to go back, and I want to like add a little bit more details here. And I'm like, that isn't the point, Nathan. The point is to get something that looks okay on the tabletop and get it done. Yeah. And my brain just won't. My brain will not be uh happy with that for whatever reason. So uh well, but, it but even it then
1: it, it just speeds up the process. So even mm. if you go back and highlight, uh there's nothing wrong with that. And I know no, a lot of no. people do that as well.
0: I do have I do have that extra little headache of of having to to seal it before I can go back and do that with the speed right. paints, which is a, a bit of a bummer. But yeah, I gotta I gotta just make peace with the fact that it's okay if some of your miniatures are just okay. And I'm, I'm talking like I'm some great painter, and I'm not. You know, I'm a very average painter, but it's, it feels weird to just, like, kind of, you know, half-ass uh, something if you, if you don't really have to do it. And I always like adding, like, little details. Like, for orcs and goblins, I love adding checker patterns on everything, every surface that I can, and those take forever. But yeah. I love them so much. I love the way they look. So it's funny because I can I can go and I can paint a miniature real quick for orcs and goblins, and then go back and spend a bunch of time just making little checkered patterns on on their things. So um, before I got crazy busy with school, I was doing that for some of my old uh, black orcs, putting putting checker patterns on them, and I was just like, ah, oh, this makes me happy. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm a real hobby weirdo. Sometimes <laughs> just just the things that that I find. Uh, fun about uh, painting and stuff is, is some of the weirder parts. But Buddy, it's it's tough. You know, sometimes I just wish like I wish I had like a single army. And then it'd be like, look, this is my project. This is it. This is it. And then it's done. Um, but that's not me. And it'll never yeah. be me. And and is it ever done
1: though? No. Oh, oh ever I I, I, I have kidding. a single army, but I can add another box of core. And if I Oh this is a cool character model, but if I want to field it then I also have to uh take two more special choices and then i can take it up to to two
0: and a half thousand points and then (laughs) playing playing different versions of the same game as well really gets you with that right like yes because you're just like oh i built this for fifth ed but oh man i'm gonna play this in sixth ed i'm gonna need to add all this and god forbid you're trying to get something into eighth ed and you're just like oh okay i need like a hundred more guys now yes um Oh, and, and,
1: and I do have these pretty 5th edition models, but <laughs>
0: yeah, they don't really fit in quite well with the
1: 8th yep. edition ones. So let, let's replace them as well with 8th edition models.
0: Yeah, having to play error-appropriate. I say having to play error-appropriate. Choosing to play yeah. error-appropriate is the dumbest choice I have ever made because it's just like that. It's just like like I have two orcs and goblins armies because of that. I have a like a 6th to 8th ed army. And then I have my like fourth and fifth at army and I don't really let them overlap too much because it bothers me. It doesn't bother anyone else. It doesn't bother my opponent. It has, no one has ever complained to me while playing a game with me that like, oh, these models are too old or these models are too new. This is my own psychosis. This is my own wild brain just being like, no, you can't mix them. No, why would you do that? It's like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why I would do that. Yeah, there is no
1: rational reason why you shouldn't. Especially, well, some armies, they take better than others uh, to to mix miniatures. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, even so, uh, I... I'm very glad that, to me, it's just... uh, If I can field the miniatures, no matter which way they look or which edition they are, or even if they are third-party, I will do it, and um, I'm just happy that I can... I'll happily field uh, the Skull Pass Night Goblins in a 5th edition game or or supplement them with uh, 4th edition fanatics or even those Age of Sigma fanatics, if I could ever get my hands on them for a decent price. Um, not that I need them because I have plenty of fanatics most of them from the sixth edition era. Yeah. But uh,
0: I, yeah. There's two there's two differing schools of thought on fanatics. If you are an orcs and goblins player, you are generally always looking to get more fanatics. And if you are not an orcs and goblins player, you will always think that your opponent has too many fanatics. Yes. Those are the only two options. Uh of course the orcs and goblins players are correct. You always need more fanatics.
1: Yes. Especially because they need to roll above average. So most fanatics, uh, generally speaking, won't hit.
0: That's and I,
1: and I've, I've had it happen that uh, six fanatics got released in the same turn and none of them rolled above eight or above seven, I should say.
0: Oh, I've done that. I've done that so many times. It's, it's wild. What I find is that if you have, if you have about six fanatics... I think you have a good shot of like one of them doing something really cool statistically it should yeah but like sometimes and it's funny sometimes you get one fanatic who just like is an absolute beast right like he's a real chad he just he just keeps going back and forth through your opponent's lines and you're just like this is the best goblin of all time and then all of your other fanatics will have like hit each other or strangled themselves or be off like four miles down yes. the road still spinning <laughs> you're just like i don't care this one fanatic made all of their points back oh man orcs and goblins are the best i think that's the moral of this story yeah maybe we should have done an orcs and goblins episode especially with those two uh, boxes this is now an orcs and goblins episode huh yeah Alright, in all seriousness though, uh, this probably can't be an Orcs and Goblins only podcast because I assume that some people out there collect other armies. I don't know why they would, but here we are. Uh, But GJ, I know you've got some plans for us, some Patreon plans. So why don't you uh, enlighten us on what's going on?
1: Yeah, well I have gotten my hands on a brand new book called Dicemen. It is uh, chronicling the f- very early days of Games Workshop. I took it out of the packaging and I browsed through it and I thought, "Wow, oh, well, pretty pictures. But I haven't read a single letter apart from what's on the cover. And... I wanted to share this um, basically with everybody. So what I'm going to do is after we record this episode and then uh, I have something to eat later tonight, I will try to record a Patreon episode. I might even try to do a video of it, but I'm not sure if that's going to work, if I can upload a video directly to Patreon. So that's something that I have to figure out, but it will be at least audio. And I'll be just uh, flipping through this book um, just to show you. And then also, of course, I'll tell you how to get it. So uh, I thought that would be a nice little
0: thing to do for the Patreon. Awesome. That sounds so exciting. I am really looking forward to hearing that as well. I wasn't aware of this book until right now. So that is really <laughs> cool. I'm I'm looking forward to, to learning more about that early history. I'm sure it was wild, right? Because it was just a bunch of nerds back in the day <laughs> you know flying by the seat of their pants and, and mixing a whole bunch of genres together and making something that was uh, was super fun out of it so it yeah, very, well, very the, cool.
1: the title of the book is uh, Deisman, The Origin Story of Games Workshop and it's got a really old Games Workshop logo there black and white and it is uh, written f- um, at least from what I can deduce by Ian Livingstone with Steve Jackson so it is actually by the uh, the founders of Games Workshop. And um, this book has been on Kickstarter or a Kickstarter-like website. And if you go there, you can still get it. Even though the campaign has finished, you can order it from there. Um, I know a lot of people who have gotten into it after the fact. I thought I have to jump on this before it is out of stock. And I'm not sure. I, I will check before the Patreon goes up if you can still order it. But... Uh, I think you still can, and it probably will also be uh, reprinted later on, and might even get released through its own website. So uh, I, I will uh, have all the details uh, by tonight, and I'm looking forward to just flip through this book, and uh, yeah, like I said, hopefully with some video as well. So um, if you are a member of the Patreon, that is what you can expect from me for this month or this week at least because i also uploaded the dance macabre episode and if you are not a member of the patreon uh, then uh, shame on you uh, go <laughs> fix that straight away um nathan uh, uh, correct me if i'm wrong but uh, patreon is still untiered so you can yep. join for as little or as much as you want that's
0: right yeah yeah and, go to uh, straight towards the as much as you want but also as much as you want yeah especially times are tough so we understand so uh, yeah yeah. times are tough for us
1: as well Mm -hmm. um but the uh uh, patreon will give you access to a lot of bonus content we have episodes on there on zombie pirates uh you do your holistic army book reviews yes yes i'm looking looking forward forward to to the next one
0: yeah 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 it's uh it's seeming like once the month rolls over, I'm gonna have uh, I'm basically gonna be on on a work term, but my work term is remote, so I will be here, uh, which will give me time to do some of my own projects, including continue with those holistic army book reviews. The next one coming is the dark elves, and uh, Ooh, I'm so just that will be the, uh... lots of fun, and uh, I will be very nice to them because I love them but they are deeply flawed and I have to, I have to tell you about that. <laughs> so please stay tuned for that. That is, I, I, that is on my, my radar. Lots more to do. Um, and lots to do. Uh, lots of bonus content. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, everybody go join
0: our Patreon. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've about wrapped on this one. GJ, was there anything else that you would like to bring up before we go? Well, um, no, actually all right (laughs) look at that we are on point here and uh so thank you so much for listening to this episode we hope you've enjoyed it something a little bit new in terms of uh, covering news we we don't always do that but we don't always have a lot of news to cover so this was a fun one to just kind of sit back and be like "Hmm, how can we make this stuff work for warhammer fantasy until next time have a great week thanks for listening You can connect with us on Instagram or email us at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard. Know ye now, the time of mortals has come to an end.